Sports Stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. I am your host, Greg, and man, are things heating up. NFL, MLB, that's all we're talking about today. NBA, you're on the back burner, literally. Because both these leagues have too much going on, too much heat, to take any time away from them. Now, we will for Paul's pylon, because obviously. But besides that, let's just get into what's going on. First, hey Greg, what's new with you? Well, not much, guys, not much. You know, it's snowed, it's snowing, it's constantly cold. I'm in Massachusetts. So all I can think about is the winter meetings going on in San Diego for baseball and maybe visiting Miami for some not-dolphin football. You know, warmer weather, happy thoughts, warm thoughts. That's what you got to do when it's snowing. But besides that, not too much else going on. What is going on is we're going to talk MLB first because the hot stove, can you even say it's heating up? It is on fire. I mean, do you hear it? That is the hot stove igniting. It's not just warm. It's not just hot. It is burning up. The hot stove I don't think has ever been hotter over at least the past three off seasons compared to what it is right now. Think about it. Two years ago, you had J.D. Martinez waiting, waiting, waiting for anybody, somebody to offer him a big deal. And what did he get? A measly contract from the Red Sox where he gets 25 million years. I mean, it's nothing to scoff at, but think about it. He is one of the best hitters in general, average-wise, power-wise, in the game. And he had to wait forever to get a deal. Last year, Harper, Machado, who's signing? How much? Everybody's like, they're going to get $300 million. They're going to get this many years. And everybody was scoffing at it like, okay, they might get it, but are they worth it? Well, they got it, but it took till January took till beginning of February to get all of that figured out. And the rest of the offseason was eh. This year, though, teams are making moves. Teams are signing, guys. Teams are doing everything they can to get what they want. And the team that did the most, by far, and it's not shocking, but, you know, they've been a little dormant over the past few years. The New York Yankees, the evil Empire is back. You can do the Darth Vader sounds. Pretend like you're hearing the Empire march because I can't play that because I don't really feel like getting sued by Disney. They got a lot of money. I'm not going to try to deal with that. So, you know, dun, 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 dun. that's what I'm doing. I'm humming it in my own key. Anybody from Disney listening? Evil Empire's back, though. They made a statement. They said, we need a starting pitcher this year. We need a starting pitcher, either Strasburg or Cole or both. Strasburg signed, and they were like, okay, all the chips are in for Garrett Cole. Now, first off, initial offer apparently for Garrett Cole from the Yankees was seven years, $245 million. 
pretty good deal. Would have made him the highest per average starter in the game. Well, that stopped on Monday when the Nationals decided to take that exact same offer to Steven Strasburg and say, hey, it's good enough for Garrett Cole from the Yankees. Is it good enough for you from us? And Strasburg said, yeah. Scott Boris, what do you think? And he said, yeah, do this. I got other clients I got to deal with, essentially. So Strasburg signed seven years, $245 million. Then comes Tuesday when the Yankees dropped the bomb. Nine years, $324 million for Garrett Cole. Now I get it. Cole is a phenomenal talent. He was, should have been, I think in my eyes, Cy Young Award winner last year over Verlander. I just think overall, when you look at his season, it was better. But the fact he has to shave his beard, because the Yankees have this weird thing about facial hair, and cut his hair, I, you know, I guess I would for $324 million. But this is what's crazy to me about this deal. He's a starting pitcher. He is pitching for you one out of every five days. Yes, they have Tanaka, they have Paxton, Paxton, uh, Paxton, <laughs> they have Jay Happ, who they're apparently trying to, you know, trade out. They have Severino, they have guys, they have other pitchers. But is he really worth $324 million over nine years? When his contract is done, he will be 38 years old. I'm guessing there's going to be some injuries potentially along the way. He's a starting pitcher. It's bound to happen. Do I think it's going to be a Jacoby Ellsbury type thing? No. Garrett Cole is improving a star top commodity. But hey, the Yankees did what the Yankees have so long said they're done with. And that is go big on free agency. Now, will they add other pieces? Who knows? We'll see. But does it matter if they do? No, because this move right here puts them as the contender to beat for the 2020 World Series. Like, they are odds-on favorite without a doubt. Crazy stat, though. Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton will have more money paid to them combined by the Yankees this year than the projected Baltimore Orioles' entire lineup and roster. Like, could you imagine two guys making more than an entire 25-man roster? Seems crazy. Gonna happen. I saw some crazy stat that per Garrett Cole start and win, based on his yearly average, he'll make $1.8 million over the life of this contract per win. That'd be nice. I'd take that in a heartbeat. So that happened Tuesday. I mean, and I get it. The Yankees, like I said, the Empire's back. They needed to do this. Their fan base has been starving for a big free agent. You would think the Stanton trade a few years ago would have maybe sufficed, but he's kind of been a dud. He's been injured. He hasn't lived up to the hype and what he was in Miami. So you needed to make a big move and you did it. Last year, they missed out on pitchers. They weren't going to let that happen again. Cashman got the okay from Steinbrenners to give the money that they needed to. And from what it sounds like, they overpaid compared to the next closest, who were going to be the Dodgers and the Angels. But hey, they got their man. They got their ace for the next 
nine years. And that was another deal by Scott Boris. So in back-to-back days, he had $245 million for Strasburg, $324 million for Cole. Was he done? (laughs) No, 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 no. He was not done. He then went out and signed Anthony Rendon to the Angels who lost out on Cole and figured, hey, we have 200 something million dollars laying around. We have the best player in all of baseball in Mike Trout with zero help around him. Let's get him some help. They got him help. They paid out another seven years, $245 million deal. Again, Scott Boris negotiated it. So in a three-day span, a three, one, two, three, there are 365 days in a year, in case you didn't know. If you count leap year and all that, 365 and a quarter, I don't know. Anybody know how leap years work? Because I sure don't. But in a three-day span, Scott Boris negotiated $814 million worth of deals. And if you want to throw in what he did with Mike Moustakis, where he got him a, I think, four-year and $64 million deal, he's almost at $900 million. He still has plenty of good free agents. When it's all said and done, Boris will have negotiated over a billion dollars in contracts. Plus, he gets commission. 5% of $814 million, at least for those three guys alone, $40.7 million he made in three days. Sign me up. To be an NFL, MLB, whatever it is, agent, I have to be to get anywhere close to this. Like, I want to know how Scott Boris did this. Like, how did he become the guy? I think he has, like, half the MLB players under his, like, contracts. It's ridiculous. Like, anytime you hear about a guy signing, it's like, who's the agent? Scott Boris. Incredible. How he does it, I don't know. How he makes time, how he keeps track, who knows? But he just got three guys, $814 million guaranteed in a three-day span. And all three teams are very happy with who they got. Strasburg, Washington bringing him back, pairing him with Scherzer. We know there can be World Series potential. Losing Rendon does hurt. But Nationals have figured out how to replace him in the past, so we'll just see. I mean, maybe Donaldson, the Rainmaker, comes to D.C., fills in the void. Who knows? I mean, that's a possibility. Heard the Rangers are not really comfortable with the price he's asking for. This hot stove, like I said, it's like none other we've seen in the past few years. Guys are flying, and guys are going for good high prices. Meanwhile, you have the Red Sox who are shopping David Price and his hefty contract. A lot of people saying that to get rid of him, you're going to have to pay some of that contract. Plus, maybe add in a decent other player. And you may not get much back. Red Sox fans, do you care? As a personal Red Sox fan, I don't know if I do. If there is a way to shed salary and get us under the luxury tax like they want to and be able to get Mookie long-term, assuming Mookie wants to be long-term in Boston. Because when you talk to him, you don't really get the vibe that he totally wants to be in Boston for his career. I don't know about you. I don't know if I want a guy on my team that doesn't 100% buy into the Red Sox organization and what they stand for. Mookie doesn't give off that vibe. I love him to death. He's a great player. 
If I need somebody to come up in the ninth inning with, you know, two outs and a guy on with a tying run, I want Mookie. But if you're not going to be a guy that's like, hey, I want to be here. This is where I want to be. I want to make myself a lifer for this organization. Mm. It's hard to say and, you know, want the team to shed salary for you if you're not willing to give a guarantee of any sort of, hey, if you do this, I do this. Nonetheless, David Price probably going to be gone. Rick Porcello, Mets signed him. Zach Wheeler went to the Phillies. So, like, guys are flying left and right. But over the past few days, we just saw the three biggest agents get snatched up real fast. And we saw the rise of the evil empire from the ashes. They didn't make the World Series for a decade, and they want to make sure that changes as soon as possible. As soon as possible. I mean, it's just... It's, it's mind-boggling the money that's getting thrown around right now. Last year, it was like pulling teeth trying to get these type of contracts. Now, it's just happening. Now, it's just, oh, hey. Oh, you, you want something over $200 million? Sure. You want something over $200 million? Sure. Think about it. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, known players, known names, star names, struggled to get their contracts last year. This year... Did you know who Anthony Rendon was? Up like common baseball fan. Did you know who Anthony Rendon was before the World Series? Before the end of the season? Like honestly, think about it. Did you? My guess is no. That's my guess. I mean, I'd be shocked if he did. He wasn't a, he's not a household name. And he just got a 7-year, $245 million deal. To go be friends with Mike Trout and Otani in California. It's a pretty good deal. Must be nice to be him. Besides that though, the hot stove for now. Burning hot. We'll see what it's at next week. Still plenty of guys out on the market. You have Ryu. You have Dallas Keuchel. You got, you got some names still out there. It's going to be interesting to see where these teams start shaping up. Where these guys start ending. But until then, that's all we got for MLB. We're going to move into Paul's Pylon next. But before we do, you know the drill. But it's not going to be about Seat Giant this time. Nope, Seat Giant's later. Right now, I'm here to talk to you about College Bowl Mania. If you love college football, just like I do, go check out 12 on Sports College Bowl Mania. You can go and enter for free, or if you pay $10 and you donate, it's not really a donation, it's basically an entry fee, you get... To go into enter in the College Bowl Mania and get entered for giveaways and prizes. It's a great deal. Make sure you go to 12 Ounce Sports. That's 12ozsports.com. Find the College Bowl Mania link. Click on it. Follow the instructions. Sign up. See if you can beat me. I'm in there. Sports Dance Greg is my username. See if you can beat me. Pretty good at Bowl Mania. Do a challenge with some friends. I've won more than one time. I've won twice. We've been doing it for like five years, though. That's pretty good. And last year, I beat Craft Brew Sports. Because I'm just that good. What can I say? But no, go sign up for College Bowl Mania, 12 on Sports. Enter the contest. 
put the 10 bucks in, get some giveaways, get some prizes. It's all for fun. And don't you like having fun? I know I sure do. So besides baseball, before we get into Paul's Pylon, we'll do some quick college football talk. Because after, after Paul's Pylon, it's all NFL. You already know that. College football, we got the Final Four, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. The rest doesn't matter. It doesn't. We are basically have a championship game before the championship game with Ohio State and Clemson. Two fire-hot teams entering into that semifinal round. It's going to be fireworks. It's going to be a lot of points. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence are just going to be slinging the ball everywhere. It's going to be fun to watch, but you know what? Give me Clemson. They've been there. They've done it. They're going to do it again. Plus, I just don't want to see Ohio State win. None other other reason that I think Ohio State fans are funnier to see lose than Clemson fans. That's really it. But then you got LSU, Oklahoma, Joe Burrow's gonna be Heisman Heisman winner, not MVP. That doesn't make sense. He's gonna be your Heisman winner. I mean, Chase Young, great season. Jalen Hurts, really good season. I mean, you got other guys that were there. You got other guys that were close. Joe Burrow's though. You can't top him. LSU was just king. They were just king. He set SEC records for touchdown passes. Their team just dominated. You can't beat him and Coach O. Coach O in the bayou. Can't beat it. Not going to happen. They're going to take care of Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts. And then, as I said, they're going to face Clemson because that's who I'm predicting to win the other semifinal. They're going to take care of business there. It is LSU's year, and we're all just living in it. It's really as simple as that. LSU is going to win. I know the number one has never won before, but neither is the number three. That's where Clemson sits. I think Clemson wins the semifinal. LSU wins theirs. LSU wins it overall. And Coach O, we get to hear Go Tigers and all that, and it's going to be beautiful. That's all we got for college football. It's going to be short and sweet. Next week, we can talk about the actual bowls picks, all that. But around, that's it. Now we're going to get into some Paul's Pylon. Let's go. Paul's Pylon. That is right. It is Paul's Pylon. And I'm with the man, the myth, the elf-wrapping legend himself, because you know it's the time of the season to wrap some gifts. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? Great, Greg. What's going on? Not too much. Just trying to keep warm because we have more and more snow on the ground. We have a little down here as well. Uh, chilly, to say the least. And it's that kind that's stuck to all the trees, so it's pretty. But just hope the wires stay up there on the poles. Yeah, I don't get it. You're an hour and a half away from me, yet you get like an inch of snow, and I get 12 inches. I don't like that. Well, you got 12 inches, but I think you got... I don't know. Well, you got you. it two two days in a row. <clears throat> Still have our life, right? One inch to twelve inch. Yep. Hey, you know what I want to do in my next life? I want to be a weatherman. Oh, okay. Because you can be wrong most of the time, and everybody loves you. Yeah. Uh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think that last part's a falsehood. I don't think everybody loves you. <laughs> I don't know if anybody says, "God, I hate that weatherman." Oh, weather woman. Have you ever been on the internet, Paul? 
Yeah, why? Do they say bad things about people? Just go into a comment section. Even if there's only seven comments, I bet you six of them are hateful. But you know what? Those people don't have much time on their hands. So they just... Oh, no, they have they have a lot just, of time on their hands. You're just now... Wait, you're just asking I'm taking a people. shot at you. Yeah, you're <laughs> making for people to now just comment on this and now yeah, bash right us. To, Thanks. Right, bash us right in the head. Hey, hate listens are still listens and streams. That's all That's that matters. That's true. And, and the more they hate you, you must be saying something right. I mean, That's yeah. touching a nerve. Skip Bayless makes tons of money, and I despise that man. Hey, speaking of money, you know what I came across this week? Oh, look at you with the nice transition into your topic. Segway! I should drive a Segway while I do the show. Uh, <laughs> We'd hear every other, like, sentence. So, other than travel, what about being a referee or an umpire in a professional sport? I'm not going to lie. I dreamed about it as a kid when I knew I probably want to be a professional athlete. Well, and then I just didn't. I always thought you should be a color commentator anyway, but because I think that's your forte. Because as I've said many times, I don't know many people that know more about sports than you. But I'm looking at these salaries of these referees and umpires and I'm thinking, not so bad. No. However, you're away from your family a lot. You're essentially a professional player. Because you travel like they do. Uh, yeah, you do. And so, and think about the number of games in a season and the number of games they have to referee. 82 games in a basketball season. And you're going to referee 82 games. Yeah. Well, think about baseball is clearly the long haul of them all. 162 games plus playoffs. They have 96 referees, plus they have some AAA referees to make up all their 19 four-man teams, that uh, four-man crews or four-person crews yeah. um, to, to cover off all the games in baseball. And so, before we go into salaries, though, I have a quick question for you. Surely. As I think about it. calling me surely. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be one of those. It's going to be, <laughs> be one of those segments. Anywho. Anywho. What? Uh, Thinking about referees, I got to wonder, of the four major sports, we'll go baseball, basketball, hockey, and football. Which do you think is the hardest one to ref? And which one do you think is the easiest one? Both you can consider travel, you can consider what you have to do throughout the game. But which one do you think would be the hardest? And which one do you think is the easiest? I don't think you're going... Well, I, I would say baseball is going to be the easiest physically. Because you're standing. All, you're standing and you're standing and you're as standing. As long as you're not the home plate umpire. Home plate, you do have to squat a bit. You have to squat, but we've seen, seen some home plate umpires that have to do the sumo stand-up. Yeah, good old Joe West. Joe West, you got to give that guy credit. He's he's done a lot of games. He's done a lot of good calls. He's had his issues. Bad calls. <laughs> I, I was going to say something, but anyway, can't use that granddad word. Anyway, okay. uh, so so when you think about it, Baseball's probably the easiest on the body. Yeah. Hardest probably for travel. Yeah. Boy, that's a lot of travel. Mm. Now, they they don't necessarily, as I've looked at all of these, they don't necessarily keep you geographically close to home. You get yeah. assigned your team, and you're wherever you're going, yep. and you get a stipend, but you have to make your own arrangements. Crazy, right? That is actually a little weird. You would think maybe they would have like whoever the home team is arrange the umpires stay or something. 
Absolutely, because they're doing the travel anyway. Yeah. What do they know? So they have to stay at the Best Western instead of the Marriott. I don't know. Hey, you want to save a few bucks with your stipend? Yeah, I, 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 the Motel Six. Yeah, we'll leave a light on for you. So uh, you is the is the clubhouse available for sleepovers? <laughs> I'll sleep in there. I'll be here for the game. Funny you mention it. They do have those beds inside those. Yeah, clubhouses. Lock, locker room clubhouses for baseball have gotten come a long way. Yeah. Most places, Fenway and like Wrigley Field, maybe not, but most other places. I, Fenway has that broom closet. They did a tour on I don't know ESPN or Nesson or one of those things, and they did a tour. And of course, you go inside the Green Monster, and then they go in this room, and it looks like an old broom closet, but it's got like six bunk beds in there. Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't even want to ask, but crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess right. that was for the real, real, real dedicated players that yeah. got there and, and took their naps and were Dustin there at Pedro- in the Dustin morning. Pedroia. Um, Who? Anyway, Dustin Pedroia. Oh, yeah. I Dustin, Pedroia, Dustin Pedroia literally bought an apartment that overlooked second base at Fenway Park so he could see where he played every day when he woke up. He probably got more coverage about getting to the field before anyone else. Um, I think they must have given him a key. Because he got there yeah. before the groundskeepers. I think so. All right, so baseball is easiest. Who do you think is the hardest? You know, you got to look at a lot in the NFL, but I think the hardest on the body has to be the NBA. You think you have, it's all that jogging up and down? It's constant. I, it, it, these guys have legs that are – there's one referee, and I can't – his name doesn't come to mind, but he's six foot eight. He played in the NBA for four years. I have no idea. Um I, I I don't I just thought maybe he can keep up, but if you're a referee and you're five ten five eleven, and and these guys' legs are up to your chin, and I, you got to haul ass up and down that court to yeah. call that game. See, I would think hardest might be NHL ref because you have to skate forwards, backwards, and you're constantly on the ice for the periods, whereas players are getting on and off, and you're not maybe going as fast as them, but you have to keep up a bit. I think other than than TV timeouts. Plus pucks flying at you and guys yeah. trying to kill each other and you avoiding metal blades on their feet. you got some good points there. I'm just so thinking I about... Might go NHL. T- TV timeouts in, in, in the NBA, they got to get their money in. That's where you know, the money maker is, yeah. is the TV commercial. There is a little bit of downtime, but man, they're constant. Hey, if anything, yeah. they can just call a foul, you know, and take a breather for three breathers. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. Technical. <laughs> oh, no, that was totally a foul. No, you definitely hit him. I didn't touch him. No, I, I saw it. You're, you we got go to go to a replay. You know, let's Oh, coach's challenge. OK, that's like a guys make this five minutes. <laughs> so. All right, all right. So back to your topic. What does make? <laughs> so. So I guess we're talking about the NBA. Um Entry level, hundred and fifty thousand to start. That's actually really good. Yep, it's a uh, a seasoned veteran, five fifty. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So between eighteen hundred and sixty-seven hundred dollars per game. But that's... it gets it gets better if you get chosen to do a playoff game. It's between forty-five hundred and nine thousand per game. And if you call the finals, twenty four thousand to twenty nine thousand per game. Wow! So you're you're doing what you you know. People always say, I think the refs have you know a thing and to try to keep this series going. I would do everything I could to get it to game seven every right? single time. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Hey, they're calling this game. This is a fix. Hey, it might hey. be. Oh man, it's it's th- this team's up three two in the series. They're they're about to win this with ten seconds left. Oh whoa whoa what's that? You you gave me a weird look. That's three technicals. Oh my <laughs> I, god. I need a new daddy needs a new Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could use an I could use a third pool in my backyard. <laughs> so NBA has sixty two full time referees. Three of them are female. Yeah, no, a few have gotten through the ranks the past few years, which is good. There's a young kid that's in college. He's calling college games now. He is in college himself. Um, his goal is to be, he's getting a lot of press, can't remember his name, but he was 17 years old calling college games. He played baseball, calling basketball games, and he'd be on the baseball field and you know, guys are like, hey, weren't you the ref at my basketball game last night? <laughs> he's just really highly thought of, but it takes some some doing to get into the NBA. And, yeah. you know, you got 30 years old, he'd be... He's on track. His goal is to be in there by the time he's 25. So um, that's that's a guy that's got some. You're probably easier to become an an an, NB, an MLB or an NBA player rather than to get into the ranks of calling the games as a ref or an ump. Yeah, but then you got to think about how many people <laughs> truly aspire to be an ump in one of those leagues professionally. Yeah, that's. Very true, very true. Because you do have to work your way up usually through the ranks. And outside of NFL really doesn't have ranks, I feel like, to work through. It's like, okay, maybe you jump from college to NFL. But like baseball, you have the minor leagues. You, you have do. Tri- single, triple, double, triple. Like you can work your way up like a player. And, and really, and NBA a has too. the G League or whatever it's called yeah. now, changes every year. And NHL has minor leagues too. NFL really doesn't. Yep, they have. Um, they do recommend in if you want to be a, an ump in, a ref in basketball, you have got to start at high school, get into collegiate, um, and yeah, and really you work your way through the ranks and and until you get to the big show. So, how about some controversy? Okay. WNBA. Boy, it's going to be a lot lower. Five hundred dollars a game. Yeah. That, I, that's not shocking. They call 32 games, 16000 a year. Yeah, I mean, it reflects what the player's salary is. Yeah. And as, I mean, as good and talented as they are in the WNBA, the hardest thing is just us as a country, we really do not support women's sports as much as we should. No, and, and you know, it's it's supply and demand. You Plus, absolutely have... There are seasons in the middle of summer... Which honestly is probably the worst time. You, there's no good time because if they do it during the other seasons, you're you're competing with the NBA, the NFL, uh, NHL, and baseball. In the summer, you're only against baseball, but you then have preseason football. You have summer league basketball. You're still competing against all the male sports that have always dominated. And there's only so much TV time that pays the bills. Yeah, and their TV time usually it's one or two games, and no. Fence people don't usually want to sit and watch a 70 to 60 something game. They want to see 100, 100, 90s, high scoring dunks, all that, all the show. Yep. Whereas there's not as much showmanship in the WNBA as there is in the NBA and other sports, you could say. So NBA, 150 to 550. MLB, same starting rate, 150. Hmm goes up to 450 not as much as the nba 
And to your point, that's a lot of games and a lot of travel. Yeah. But do do you know what the stipend is? Um, just to cover the travel. Covers the travel and hotel. And meals. So so yeah, so, could you make could you make a buck eating Burger King and staying at, you know, Sandy's cottages, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> don't let your wife find out about Sandy's cottages. Sandy's cottages. <laughs> Sounds like a place you've been to before. I was trying to say, <laughs> do you, I was say, do you know this? I already used that. I was going to say, do you know of a place called Sandy's Cottages? Sandy's Cottages? If no, you look it up, it? I bet you there's one near where you live. It might be, because otherwise, why would something pop into my head? Then we go to the NHL. Well, there's a lot of reasons things could pop into your head. Second highest starting rate is NHL, 165000 Yeah. Two youngest refs in the NFL, 28 years old, get a lot of press for their age, and one 30-year-old, and the rest are average up and closer to their 40s. Is one of them Ed Hockley's son? I don't know. I don't have all the names. Well, he retired, and his son literally became an NFL rep the year after he retired, so Hockley's still there. You know, speaking of oldest, you know I always have a tidbit, right? Yeah, you always do, and it's usually something I have no idea what you're talking about. So the oldest, he's retired, NBA ref, is Dick Pavetta. He turned 80 years old this week. So happy birthday, Dick. He's the oldest? Retired. Surviving. Alive. That's weird. Yeah, well. That's kind of young. I thought it was young, and I did the math on my fingers. (laughs) Good for you. Did you have to use any toes? No, it only went to eighty. Oh, okay. And it was just it was this week, so it was easy. It was the tenth. Yeah, and that's the eighty seems young to be the youngest retired, the oldest retired ref. Yeah, you'd think it'd be somebody in their nineties. Uh, you would think. Or one hundred and four, wheel them out on the porch at the home. Yeah, because I mean the NBA's been around for a while, so it's not like they shouldn't have the numbers. I know there's only 62 of them in the league, but you would think one would at least be past 80 that's retired. I got I to gotta do a little more research because that does seem so low. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Maybe it's that all that fast food while they're traveling. Anyway, continue. NFL, NFL young is, refs. Yeah, so NFL, 173,000 to start, 650 cap pretty good 18 games when you think of plus it, yeah, playoffs plus playoffs but do they do you know if they make extra for playoffs i'm sure they, they do. do they do they make extra for playoffs and they usually have other jobs they usually yeah. lawyers and doctors and which is kind of weird things. right like if you're making six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, what what's the point uh because you probably enjoy the game and you know enjoy following the rules to a t and having great vision and seeing all the right things that sounds a little bit uh, bitter. Could that stem from maybe things that happened this past weekend for the Patriots, Paul? I don't know if, you know. By the way, are we quickly done with the ref numbers? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, then we'll get into this. We have like a minute or two left before right. we'll wrap things up. But did, did you have issues with the Patriots game this weekend and the refs? So that make $650,000 so to I get might calls have to wrong? Look- I might have to look that up because, boy, talk about you blow a whistle, 
on a fumble prematurely. Yeah, it happens. Clearly, it been a touchdown. Yeah, happens. And a touchdown. I know. Don't I wouldn't guarantee that that was a touchdown. The fumble. Yeah, because Tyreek Hill, who's like the fastest man on the field, was right next to Gilmore when he stopped running. But you know what it what it really wasn't? It, we guarantee it wasn't a touchdown when you blow the whistle prematurely. Yeah. That said, the other play was absolutely a touchdown. How do you, yes. I, I, it is, the guy's 10 feet in front of him. And how do you, how do you not see that? I don't know, but there, that's the situation like that is when you should call a touchdown because it's automatically re- reviewed. Yep. Even if you think he was out, you call it a touchdown because then if he was out, it reverses. The Patriots had already used their challenges, so that also made an issue. The thing that I didn't get was a lot of Patriots fans were complaining because they're like, that's 14 points that were taken off the board for us. Wrong. Actually, that all happened on the same drive. So really, you only lost out on four points. And your offense didn't look that great anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So again, I, I don't to save us and spare us from you telling me that hey, you know, they're ten and three, wah wah wah. I yeah, get it. Which by the way, your fans shouldn't have booed them at halftime for a ten and two team at the time. Yeah. And and you know what? I think those points could have gotten the momentum. You got Tom Brady. Maybe a little bit of momentum could have won that game. Just Maybe. I mean the the main thing is at the end you wouldn't have been going for a touchdown, you would have been going for a field goal. Yeah, and that's a big argument. Hundred percent, and and you and you can't. I, I mean, I just how do you sleep at night if you're that if you're that rough? Dear God, he was in by a six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to lay on. That's right. That yep. Stuff his pillow full of greenbacks. Exactly. But besides the ref screwing up, besides all that, besides the Patriots' inept offense, I got one question for you. I think one, I know where this is going. Well, actually, it's 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 two parter. Two quick things because yeah. I already know what you think about it. Spygate 2.0. Do you believe Bill Belichick that had no, he had no idea about it and it's really just as innocent as it sounds? Hundred percent. Good. I believe that too. Even as an Eagles fan, I just think it was a dumb cameraman, and they'll get fined, and everybody will move on, and it'll be nothing. It'll be a I blip just, on the radar. I just have to think if you if you think about the setup, and you're going to be doing it. You're certainly not going to have a monitor attached to that camera. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would—that's ridiculous. That's like and you're not going to do it to the one in twelve Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And and put put it on the jumbotron. That'd yeah. be a good idea. So super <laughs> nervous about the Andy Dalton-led Cincinnati Bengals coming in and going against them. <clears throat> Second part, do you find it suspicious that Tom Brady stepped away from his chairmanship of Best Buddies, the thing he's done forever in Massachusetts, the organization? Right as this whole camera Spygate 2.0 thing came out, he released a statement, kind of went under the radar. Do you think it's a little bit of a setup to Tommy not being there after this year? So I think it can go either way. Um, And I still go back to if he wins, he stays. I think if he wins, he might retire. Go Go out on a win? I mean, at this point, you're not having a great season if you're him and... If you win, it might be the best win technically of your whole career because you have zero weapons. You're not playing well yourself. And essentially your defense is carrying your cold, dead body to the finish line. So you give up a lot of salary so they can get you somebody to throw the ball to. Yeah, he always has. He takes a lot of bonus money. Do you think we should probably have somebody you can throw the ball to? You did. (laughs) What'd they spend that money on? Josh Gordon disappeared. I don't know. 
because Belichick I, doesn't shell out money for anybody. I, all I hear is is Josh Gordon's name, and and I look at the fantasy football, and he's he's, he's running away with it. So, uh, yes. what 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 was that problem? What happened no in the clubhouse that? No clue. Yeah, that's not that's. But that, I don't know where the money goes. Belichick doesn't shell out money for a lot of guys, so there's not huge contracts on the books that I know of. Well, Tom but. gave back some money to play with, and and yeah. he got nothing in return. So, all right. So, what's your prediction then? Is he leaving? Is he staying? Or is he retiring? I see Tom Brady stays one more season. Okay, you heard it here first, Paul. Is that it? Is that That's all it. we got for the week? All right. That's it. Good show. I like that little ending. You you believe in Tommy Boy? I I don't know exactly what I think yet. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, it's, it's you sell a house. Yeah. You leave your chair. I don't know. You start wearing San Diego colors. Who knows? <laughs> Imagine what that contract would be worth. Hey, Philip Rivers and him could have swapped places. Philip Rivers brings his twenty-five kids to the, you know, New England Patriots. Belichick can coach them all up for really cheap to be on the team. What do you do if you're Tom Brady? It isn't about the money. No, it's a, he's a competitor, and it's the competitive it's drive about that the- drives him. It's about the win. He yeah. needs somebody to throw the ball to. So I guess if, if you start seeing some of that action, maybe. But he, he's got to have someone to throw the ball to next year. Mm-hmm. He's got a good buddy, Julian. That's really all you need. Yeah. And you can't wheel. A lot of under routes that go two yards. That's the only issue. Yeah, and that's a problem. And you can't you can't run the same play every play. Yeah, well, they try to. Yeah. Actually, the only thing that works for them this year are trick plays, though. Not a gr- not something great to hang your hat on right now. But we'll, we'll see. They got three we, games to figure it out before playoffs. We got Edelman that has almost as many touchdown throws as, as Brady. So Exactly. That's so. a sad state of affairs. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. They got three games to figure it out. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure, next week on another right, Paul's Pylon. Super. Looking forward to it. All right. Talk to you next week. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Paul's Pylon. All right, Paul's Pylon. Great as always. And before we get into NFL must watch, upset watch, and lock it ins for the week, know who's presenting that to us? Seat Giant. That's right, Seat Giant. When you got to get all your sporting event, concert ticket needs, and you want to get a good deal, go check out Seat Giant. And when you do, use promo code 12 ounce sports. That's one, two, OZ sports. When you go to Seat Giant, you get all great deals on any type of ticket you need. Like I said, sporting, concert, events just around town. Check it out. Seat Giant. When you do, promo code 12 on sports. That's who's bringing you the must watch, upset watch, and lock it in picks of the week here on the sports stands. So let's get into it. Then we'll talk about some other football stuff afterwards. But let's talk picks of the week because we had Ravens Jets last night. Did we really need to worry about what we picked in that? That was a lock. Lamar Jackson's on the field. You know who the Jets don't have? Lamar Jackson. Guy broke off 20-yard runs left and right like it was his job. I mean, it is. But he's a quarterback. He's still not supposed to be able to do that. I mean, he's just phenomenal. But Ravens going to Raven. Jets are going to Jets. That about sums up Thursday Night Football. Anybody else have any other comment? Didn't think so. All right, so let's get into it. My upset, must-watch, lock-it-ins of the week. You know how it goes. 
This week, though, we're starting with my upset pick of the week. Seems like a pretty obvious one. You got to look for a team that who could disrupt a playoff berth. Who's out there going, hmm, we got no shot. It's not the Bengals. Patriots already have their plays. We already know this. They don't have a shot. I'm going with the Chargers upsetting the Minnesota Vikings. Sorry, song stuck in my head. If you didn't see it, don't. The Lizzo at the Lakers game, don't watch it. Just trust me. Don't. If you ever watched wrestling growing up as a child in the 90s, if you remember Rikishi, that's all I got to say. That's it. If you knew his specialty move, that was Lizzo at the Lakers game, and I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. It was not pretty. Anyway, Chargers are gonna upset the Vikings. Why? Well, because one, it's Kirk Cousins. He doesn't come up big. We know this. He's having a good year. But I mean they're down, they're due, not down. They're due for a major blow. And this is gonna be it. The Chargers upset them, disrupts their whole run for the wild card, and NFC North puts a, you know the final two weeks and what's going to happen to their season in jeopardy because that wild card spot, every single game matters. You have the Rams making a run. You have Seattle and San Francisco battling for the top spot. Whoever doesn't get it is going to have like the second or third best record in the NFC, so they'll be the wild card. So this is a huge, huge game for the Vikings. And I think Phillip Rivers says, hey, Bolo, because you know Bolo ties, you get it. And he takes care of business, and he beats the Vikings. Hence, upset. 9-4 Vikings lose to the 5-7, and 5-8, whatever they are, Chargers. I mean, their season's done. They got nothing to play for except upsets. It's going to be a good one. We're going to move on, though, to my lock it in. Wish I had, like, really... I wish I had, had, like, the EA Sports guy to be like, lock it in. But I don't. So that's the best you're going to get. My lock for the week is, put it in the books, San Francisco covers as the 11-point favorite over the Atlanta Falcons. Why? It's the 49ers. Did you see what they did to New Orleans? Did you see what they did to New Orleans? It was a fun that I mean that was that was the game you hoped to get like in the NFC Championship game because it would just it would just be phenomenal. New Orleans fans would hate it, but overall NFL fans would be ecstatic. The league would be through the roof if they got a game like that. 48-46 down to the last second. It was great. You can't ask for a much better game than that. 49ers though. They just put up points, and their defense usually stops it unless they're Drew Brees. I don't think Matt Ryan's going to be anything close. Therefore, San Francisco wins not only by 11, I think they win by three touchdowns. So they're my lock. Kyle Shanahan, disrespectful Kyle, doing it big against the Dirty Birds of Atlanta. That little disrespectful Kyle was shout out to the 4th and Gold podcast. Big 49er podcast. Go check it out. That's, I mean, they're not on 12 on sports, but they're a good podcast if you like the 49ers. Trust me. 
And then last, my must-watches of the week before we get into a few quick things in football. Really two quick things. My must-watches for the week. First, it's a must-watch for the NFC. I got one for the NFC and AFC. Going NFC first, it's the Rams and the Cowboys. Now, yes, the Rams are making a big push. You have the Cowboys who are desperately trying to get that NFC East locked up. And when you look at them, it's really sad. This actually was going to be one of the things I talk about. I'll just talk about it now, though. I'll include it in my must-watch. If Dallas loses this game, if Dallas loses the NFC East, I think you just blow up the team. I think you just literally tear down Jerry World and start from scratch if you're Jerry Jones. Honestly, like, there is no reason this team, with all this talent, should lose the NFC East. I say this as an Eagles fan. Think about that. The Cowboys should be running away with the NFC East right now. Yet they're 6-7. and seven. I think they're going to be 6-8 and eight going against a Rams team who has figured it all out again. They have looked really good these past few weeks. The Rams have caught fire, and the Cowboys are drowning. Like, they're drowning in a three-inch pool. It is not pretty in Dallas right now. And if they lose, and if they lose the NFC East somehow, shut it down. Dak doesn't deserve a contract. You could say it's not Dak. You could say what you want. Shut it down. And if you're like, okay, well, you know, they've had their issues. Okay, well, guess what? Do they have Amari Cooper most of their games? Yes. Do they have Zeke? Yes. Do they have Dak? Yes. Okay. Do they have the majority of their offensive line? Yep. Is their defense still a top 10, top 12 defense? Yes. Okay. Why are you 6-7? and seven? Can you tell me that? Why are you 6-7? and seven? Why have you not beat a team over 500? Because guess what? The Eagles have. And yeah, you can be like, hey, they struggled against the Giants on Monday Night Football. The 2-10 and 10 Giants. Yeah, you're right. They did. But when you have two practice squad wide receivers, your third string tight end lining up as a wide receiver, and everybody knows you're trying to throw to Zach Ertz, Giants didn't realize that, which helped. But the Cowboys have basically everybody they need. You cannot say it's Van Der Esch or what's-his-face from Blue Mountain State that is the reason that they're not being able to win games. The Cowboys have the top offense. They have a top, I'm pretty sure last I checked, 10 defense in most categories. They're 6-7. and seven. The Eagles, this Sunday, will be starting maybe Nelson Aguilar as their number one, Greg Ward as their number two, J.J. Arcea something as their number three, and then Goddard and Ertz as their wide receivers. Like, Who? You know Aguilar because, well, he drops everything. So it's actually surprising you don't drop his name. But they have literally nobody around. Lane Johnson's probably going to be out. So you're starting star right tackles out for the Eagles. They are limping 
can't even say they're mild walking. Not even a stroll. They are limping, dragging one leg towards the end of the season. So if they somehow win the division at 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, whatever it may be, Dallas needs to blow it up. It's just facts. You cannot look at this team and go, I could see why they didn't make the playoffs. No. There's no reason. Dallas should be there. Dallas should be a team that's competing at the top of the NFC. Yet they aren't. And you can be like, hey, you know, drop passes and all these different things. Every quarterback has that. Every team faces drop passes. You have the second highest paid or the highest paid running back in the league. I forget where he is. I forget if he's above or right behind Gurley. You have one of the best offensive lines. You have apparently one of the best quarterbacks, if you ask Dallas fans, and Skip Bayless. Yet you're 6-7. and seven. And you're tied with a team who haven't had two of their top wide receivers since week one. Like, majority of the season, they've been out without their number two. And now they're out without Alshon Jeffrey the rest of the year, and he'd already missed a few games. So just think about that, Dallas fans. That's why Rams-Cowboys is a must-watch. Because if the Rams win, Dallas, Dallas might be burning. Jerry World might be going down. My other must-watch of the week, it's obvious. It, I mean, Sunday Night Football, Bills Mafia, hasn't happened since 2007, I think they said. 2007 was the last time Bills Mafia had a primetime Sunday night game. Oh, we cannot wait to see what that looks like. Pre-game, just, just leave the camera in the parking lot. NBC, just leave a camera in the parking lot. Magic will happen. It should be a good game, too. Bills need to win to somehow maybe have a shot at the AFC East. So make that interesting. Steelers, just if they win, Mike Tomlin's coach of the year chances just keep increasing. What he's done with this team is phenomenal. Third-string quarterback, granted their second-string quarterback is healthy, just wasn't good. So it should be a good Sunday night game. Steelers get back Connor and Juju Smith, so that's good. Buffalo's got a tough defense. If Josh Allen can just get enough offense, they they have a good chance. But Steelers' defense has been really good this year, too, especially since they got Minka Fitzpatrick. So that is definitely going to be a must-watch. Those are my two must-watch. So quick recap of everything. I have Chargers upsetting the Vikings. I have the 49ers as my lock at 11-point favorites over the Falcons. And then my must-watch are the Rams and Cowboys and Steelers Bills. Makes sense. You're not you're not sitting down, turning on the TV, looking at Houston, Tennessee. I mean, you might be. But it's going to get like flexed into week 17. So why watch it this week? But speaking of the Titans, it's the last thing I'm going to touch on. Did you ever think you would ever hear the words, Ryan Tannehill is our future. Because that's what Tennessee's thinking right now. He has played really well for the Titans since taking over from Marcus Mariota. I mean, they're in playoff contention. They have a chance at a wild card. They have a chance at the division. All because of Ryan Tannehill and his play. It's been really well. He's played really well. And there's now discussions of signing him long-term and keeping him there 
as their long-term future. Don't do it. If I am Tennessee, I'm not giving him a long-term deal. Give him two years. Give him a good, solid contract that will keep him there for two years because there's not many other places he can go right now where he knows he could be starter. You give him two years, basically approve a deal. You pay him like a starting quarterback. You give him 22, 23 million, whatever you got to do. And you keep him there, see how it goes. Just see how it goes. Tampa Bay, same situation. They have Jameis Winston putting up great numbers, but a lot of turnovers. Has always, has been, has always been Bruce Arians. I know you're not sure if you're going to sign him again. Give him another year. Give him a second year in your offense. Just see. Just see where you're at. Because you're almost at 500 right now. And he is putting up big numbers. If you can somehow, some way, get those interception numbers down, he is a bona fide stud quarterback if he is turning the ball over less than he has. It's the one knock against Jameis. He makes poor decisions that cost the team a game, but yet he also puts up 300-plus yards and multiple touchdowns. You probably get somebody else that can do that, but you're going to be in the middle of the draft this year. So unless you're bumping up somehow, maybe give Jameis at least one more year. So Tennessee, Tampa Bay, teams like that, give those guys a year to prove a deal. You know what they were. See if they can be who you want them to be long-term. Give them a year or two to do it. And then make your decision. Because right now, where you are in the draft, you're not going to get a top guy. You're not going to get Joe Burrows. You're not going to get Justin Herbert. You're not going to get those guys. And if you really want to get a quarterback that you know could potentially be a long-term solution, you're kind of going to want to, you know, throw away a season. Or wait until you know there's going to be a quarterback on the free agency market that you could grab that will work and you have a shot at. So unless you want Teddy Bridgewater, go Tannehill two years, go Jameis a year two. But that's what I got for this week. That's all. NFL, MLB. We'll see what next week holds. Next week, maybe it'll be a little more holiday type edition because, you know, last episode before Christmas. But until then... Everybody, have a good week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Maybe if your team hasn't signed a big free agent in MLB, it happens this weekend. Maybe you get a guy that you know you didn't think you were going to. Maybe your team makes a trade. Maybe you get surprised. Who knows? Nonetheless, enjoy your weekend wherever you are. Be safe. Have fun. I'm having a holiday party. I'm going to have a good time. Hopefully you do too, wherever you're at. My name is Greg. This has been my stance on sports. And everybody, have a good one. I'll see you next week. Don't forget to also follow us on, like I'll throw this in at the end after I did my goodbyes. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, anything. All the social medias. The sports dance. All right. That's it. I swear. That's all I got. Again, my name is Greg. This has been my stance on sports. Have a good one. The sports dance.